Hey, welcome everyone to another episode of Leadership Breakfast. I'm your host, John Duke. Why Leadership Breakfast? Because breakfast has been termed the most important meal of the day, and I want this to be some leadership fuel to help you get the week started uh, and build your internal leadership uh, muscle and motivation. And today, this episode is actually part two of... Uh, an episode on culture with my guest, John Conrad, who's the head boys basketball coach at North Penn High School, one of the largest public uh, high schools here in the Pennsylvania area. And I spent five years working on his staff with him and learned so many great lessons about leading teams and how that also applied uh, 100% to the business world and being a national sales director of uh, a large sales force. So uh, today's Part two of the episode is going to focus on not only the importance of culture, but specifically what are some things you can do in terms of forging really strong, authentic, and genuine uh, relationships with your team? How can you get your team connected to one another uh, that forms a a really rich bond in terms of everyone uh, being accountable to each other to chase down and achieve the mission. And then also, what are some things that you can do in the way of operating standards or core values? What could you establish that becomes both a, a formal and an informal uh, agreement of accountability in terms of how the team wants to operate and what's really important in terms of how you go about your work in terms of achieving your goals and objectives for your team? So thank you for joining me. Um, I hope that you enjoy this episode and we're going to jump right into it. Thank you. Hey, I wanted to get into the second piece. I think we've talked a lot about, right, the, the challenges. You, you got to have the courage. You, you, you got to stick to the values, the operating principles, the standards, right? You got you to stick to those. And if you do it right and they're the right things, the scoreboard will definitely catch up. In fact, I asked that on a WebEx one time with Brett, Brett Ledbetter. I was lucky enough to be on like an hour pod, or a, a, a webcast. And they actually had the head coach for Vanderbilt's uh, men's baseball team that won a national championship. And um, I asked that question. Like, how do you hang in there when this, it's going to take time for the scoreboard to catch up with the things you're trying to instill. And you know what the answer was? You got to win your, this was the answer, win your culture first, right? You, the first time you take over a team, you're going to get the latitude to maybe go four and 10 or six and 12, right? You're going to have the latitude to maybe not have as many wins, but you're building something that's going to be really foundational for the future. But what they said is two years later, if you still go, you know, six and 18 or whatever, then you are going to lose your job. And to me, it was really, it was, it, it was really poignant. It said, focus on winning your culture right away and right out of the gate. Yeah, it's so true. And that's what I alluded to before. It's, it's so easy to be tempted by the winds because, you know, the other saying that I heard all the time growing up and when I got into this business was that, that winning cures everything. And so you think that's the end all be all, but you can't get there without a good, strong culture and good leadership. So just to chase it at all costs is a foolish endeavor to, to, to take on. So. Yeah, I think about some of the early teams we had together, some of the things that we did. And I don't know if this was a lead-in to talk about some of the activities we did, but we had a lot of fun with those kids off the floor. And there are some lifelong memories that I have of some of the things that we did together. 
Well, that wouldn't be me on like some sort of zip line, <laughs> scared to death because I'm afraid of heights. You want to tell that story? Go ahead. No, I mean it was, and I, we it almost got canceled. It was some ropes course further somewhere in in northern Pennsylvania. So, yeah, up in the Poconos. Up in the Poconos, and it, I don't know how it didn't get canceled because the weather was terrible but that those are some of the things that you never forget right the weather was terrible we drove a bus up there we talked to the kids and they shared and they opened up um, about people that were heroes in their lives and highlights that they had and then we got to see people like me and some of the other kids who were a little bit afraid of heights and yet other kids were encouraging them hey we got you you can do this i love it throwing snowballs at each other I think, and you're hearing a lot about this with good leaders now, be vulnerable, don't have all the answers, and you know what? Connect with people. Genuine connection with people that has nothing to do with being on the court. It reminds me of the story of Billy Donovan when the Florida Gators basketball team won two championships back-to-back. The year going into it, he he, uh, worked with John Gordon, and they talked about the team being connected. So his entire mission... That first year they won their national championship was to have a more connected team. So you would think it would be about strategies, tactics, skills. It was 100% about being more connected as a team and look at the outcome. Two uh, national championships. National championships, yeah. You think about that day we went up and we did the the treetops course, and you talk about being vulnerable, but you and there, you and I are in our harness and our little chute. We go down the zip line and we had kids share some really. some really tough conversations. They, they were really vulnerable. They were talking about, you know, some of the people they respected and valued most in their life and why. And there were some, there were some really touchy moments. You and I shared who we respected the most and why in our lives. And everybody throughout the day was vulnerable and then kind of felt safe because of the kids that they were surrounded by and the team and the culture. So I think that was a great experience. And then the next year, because we had so much fun, we went paintballing with the team. The next year, we took them all up, and uh, we divided the two teams to play paintball. And when I see those kids now, if they come back to watch the game, that's the first thing they talk about. They don't talk about our record. They don't talk about you know wins and losses and stats. They talk about. You remember going up to that Poconos? It was cold, and so those are good stories and good lessons for me as a coach to take away that it means that much to those kids. Yeah, it really it's it's memories and bonds that. If, if you really have them really and they're genuine and they're close and they're built on authentic connections, they make you play harder. They make you not want to let your someone else down, right? I, I always say this. We can rationalize in our head our own shortcomings for ourselves, right? Like if, I, if, I, if I'm trying to, you know, prepare for, for running a marathon or a 5K, right? I can always say like, ah, I'll start next week, John, right? I'll start the diet next month. We didn't let ourselves down because we just say we're doing it for this reason. But rarely will we let someone else down. Like if someone, if we tell someone, hey, I'm running a half marathon uh, this fall, and we announce that to people, that's a, an unbelievable level. It's a different level of accountability, and it absolutely uh, – makes us work harder. I actually have a little different take. I agree with you. But I, at the same time, you know, I also think of it as I want to go through those positive experiences with kids. So I sometimes think of it less as I don't want to let them down, but I want to I want to take them over the threshold so we can experience this thing together. That's another way of looking at it. So um, it's all the same end result that you just want, you know, 
kids are holding me accountable, they're holding each other accountable, and I'm holding them accountable in a very respectful way, and that's leading, uh, again, that's just improving the process. Without the, without the wins and losses in mind, we're just getting better each and every day because we're holding each other accountable and we have this connection to one another. Yeah. Hey, I know we're 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 uh, we're cranking away on time here, but it's but it's great stuff. I know I want to transition to what are some things if someone's listening to this and they're thinking like, well, how do I build culture? I think one of the one big thing I want to talk about, and we'll kind of wrap up around there, um, is standards. If you if you because we've talked a lot about a little bit here, like about standards and values, and if you look at the definition, right, a uh, let's say an operating principle. A principle is a proposition or a value that is a guide for behavior or evaluation. And it's generally a rule that is to be followed. And then if you look at operating standards, it's a standard of measure of excellence and a reference point against which progress and achievements in performance can be compared, measured, and judged. So I think rather than put everything on your shoulders as a coach, right, and say, these are my rules, and I say rules because I got this, uh, I, I remember this clip from Herm Edwards who's coaching, he used to be with the Jets, but he's coaching at Arizona State, and he had this quote where he said, I'm not a big rules guy, I believe in standards, right, and I just love this. So when you craft standards with your team, it's like a formal agreement crafted to hold everyone on the team accountable to how we want to operate. So that's one big thing you can do as a leader is standards. It's like everybody's agreeing this is what we're going to do, not you as the coach constantly with the stick hitting people. And I want to read from a a little excerpt from – from Coach K when he took over the Olympic team for the first time, he said, the purpose of a standard is to motivate and inspire. The purpose of a rule is to enforce control. Think about the different energy between standards and rules. One is about choosing to be your best. The other is about following a requirement imposed by you by an outside force where there is no choice. I think it's really subtle, but I think for kids, I, I, and I'll say to anyone, right, but more so probably for young athletes, I think that's really important. So one of the things you can do is set standards with your team and say, to, for us to be successful and achieve the missions, what are some sta- operating standards that we have to follow and that will be keys to success and it will elevate our performance? Thoughts on that? Yeah, it's really interesting what you say about Krzyzewski because I never thought of it that way. But then I'm reminded, like, one of the things we talk to our kids all the time about is that in order to get better and, and focus on a process, we have to commit to each other six days a week, Monday to Friday and Saturdays. We're here and we're getting better and we're committing to the process. But we don't ever say to them, if you miss practice, this will be the consequence. And I think back in each of the last two years, the only kids that ever missed a Saturday practice were our ninth graders who were new to the program not really understanding the culture. And I got to tell you, John, I didn't have to handle that even a little bit. Our older kids took care of that, and it wasn't in a, uh, a punishing way. There weren't tremendous consequences for me. I didn't line the kids up and run. I just looked at, at Josh Jones or our captain, Joey, and I said, this can't happen, and they would take care of it. And the next week, they made sure the ninth grader got the practice on time. So I think that speaks a little bit of what you're saying is the, we've set the expectation, the older kids know it, the leaders know it, the leaders buy in, and they're going to make sure that the younger kids follow suit. So I, I kind of, I think we've been able to do that 
um, maybe not in a very uh, direct or overt way, but I do feel like we've been able to do that with our kids. That's great. And just for just as an example, I happened to I was working with someone did a power of positive leadership program, and a woman I think it was, her son goes to the Air Force Academy. And I, I, I just wanted to share, like, this is an example. This is the Air Force Academy. They have their core values. There's just three of them, which I'm a big component of. You got to be able to, you got to be able to memorize them. It can't be like, oh, there's eight of them. I can only remember four if you press me. But three is really easy, right? And one of them, they were just, I thought they were fantastic. And for anyone listening, you could maybe uh, do a version of these, but they had three of them. Integrity first, service before self, which I love. And excellence in all we do. And then they added just a little context. And you can add as much as or little as you want. But integrity first was integrity is a character trait. It is the willingness to do what is right even when no one is looking. Service before self. They said service before self tells us that professional duties like the mission take precedence over personal desires. Like you got to love that one, right? When it comes to sports, personal desires is I want to score 21 points. I don't care if the team wins, but you got to you got to reverse that. And then excellence in all we do is so overarching. It just says excellence in all we do directs us to develop a sustained passion for continuous improvement. And it made me think of one clip I heard from Saban. He was he was screaming at the players and he was saying, "It's not do it till we get it right." He said, it's do it till we can't get it wrong, which I love because you, you I, how many times did we say, stay down there with them till they get it right? And what he's saying is you might get it right once out of five times, just merely by accident, right? It's like a broken clock. And then we call practice. We're done. Let's go. We're done. We got it right. But who knows whether we can get it right 60% of the time in the game. We don't trust it. We doubt we'll be able to do it in the game, but we did get it right in practice. But I would say that's part of his culture or his operating principles. He's saying, we're going to do things till we can't get it wrong. And what that means to me is it's going to be so second nature that we're going to be able to be aggressive. We're not going to be sitting there thinking about stuff. We're going to be able to do it so easy, right? So I just just think that was excellent. Yeah, and that's like it gets back. We started with this, but two of the pillars that we have, and we have a sign that we hit on our way out of our locker room. We take it with us to away games. But it's just, it's a big sign and it's got a basketball. It says family in the middle of it. And then we have we on top and me on the bottom. And it's just we before me. And our kids have really bought into that. And again, that gets back to being good teammates and teammates for life. So I would say those are our two standards that we hold our kids, try to hold our kids accountable to. That's fantastic. I love that stuff. And it's all about what you reinforce and what you talk about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap with this. For everyone out there listening that is either a a new leader of people or you think in the distant future you're going to become a leader, you're going to, a lot of millennials are going to be asked to be managers um, sooner than probably I did when I was in the workforce or even yourself. But um, Dabo Sweeney, before he became the head coach of Clemson, he had this book that he was building that was his culture book, right? It was like, it turned out to be Clemson's textbook. On, on culture, and he kept adding to it. And so I would just say these are things you have to build and think about and be very intentional about before you become a leader or take over a team because then it's too late. You know, you, you sort of want to be building. these. This is going to be my toolkit for when I get a chance to lead people. And I'll put in a plug when I teach Power of Positive Leadership, there are a bunch of things in there 
that that will help you build a positive team, that will help you invest in people, that will help you build culture, vision, purpose, all that stuff. But I would just say, I think it's important before you get the chance to lead people, are you building your sort of leadership book so you have it ready to go and you can be uh, more committed, you can have conviction and you can have confidence as you're trying to win that culture because the scoreboard might take a year or two to catch up. Right. And I, and Johnny, I, that, that's one of the things that, you know, I, I'm so grateful for our experience together, but that's one of the things that I think uh, working with you, I learned early on is we, we really tried to focus on that culture. And we've had the last couple of years have just been tremendously enjoyable for me, regardless of the wins or losses. I just had good kids, good family, good culture. It's been a, it's been a joy to be around those kids. And uh, it's just, it's important to get that right before you worry about the outcome. It's so true. You know what? It gives you fuel. I heard today someone say, don't make happiness a destination, right? Like it's not somewhere you're going to get. It's like, now I'm happy forever. Use it. Use happiness as fuel to keep you going. And a lot of what we've been talking about, uh, values and, and, and good players and, and memorable experiences and bonds. And then that does create you know, wins and exciting things that let's, let's face it, right? We are in this, I'm really competitive. So are you, those are part of our memories too, going to a, a, a state championship playoff game and it being sold out and having people standing room only, but those are the things that you remember. And that should be the fuel. Don't think of happiness as some sort of destination and you get there and that's it. But how do you, in your culture, create happiness um, because everybody's thriving, even when it's a even when it's a challenge and it's a struggle, you're happy you're going through it because, you, as you said, you're learning and growing. Yeah, and it's just as important as the X's and O's. It's a, it's a huge piece of leading. It's a huge piece of coaching. It's a huge piece of teaching. I mean, it's it's a huge component of everything that we do. Yeah. I, I could go on for an hour on this, but I got I got to wrap it up. And John, thanks so much for the discussion. It was it was fantastic. Just like when we were coaching, we could talk for hours on this stuff. And what I want to wrap up with is is to those listening. If you want uh, if you want to learn more about culture, or if I can help you, go to my website, leadershipcx capital cx dot com. And there's an offer in there if you want to have a 30-minute consult or you just want to share some of your leadership challenges or just things that you're wrestling with and things you you have thoughts on in terms of shaping and building your culture, I'd be more than happy to spend time with you. I love talking about this stuff, and uh, it's it's a free offer I have going on right now. So with that, John, thanks so much. Thanks, John. I had a great time. Okay. Have a great day. See you, bud. Good talking to you. See you, buddy. 